Welcome to UU Akron Service Cast, brought to you by the Unitarian Universalist Church of Akron. If you would like more information about Unitarian Universalism or our community, please seek us out at uuakron.org. The following recording is from the November 13, 2016 service titled The Naivete of Faith, led by Rev. Tim Temerson and Barrett Bills. Faith can be a challenging and confusing concept, especially for Unitarian Universalists. What exactly does it mean to have faith? Does having faith require holding certain beliefs, or can one have faith while at the same time being uncertain or a non-believer? Join us today as we explore these and other questions about faith. Well, good morning, everybody. Good to see you. It's chilly morning. So, um, yeah, what a week this has been. It probably might be the understatement of the year. So um, we'll be talking a little bit more later in the service about all that's been going on. Um, but for now, let me just say that I want to thank you all for joining us this morning. I can't think of a better time for being together in religious community than a time like this. So I'm so glad we're together and I'm so glad that you are all here. So thank you so much for coming today. Well, friends, I want to begin this morning with some words from David Pohl. He says, we come to this time and place to rediscover the gift of free religious community, to renew our faith in the holiness, goodness, and beauty of life, to reaffirm the way of the open mind and the loving heart, to rekindle the flame of memory and hope, and to reclaim the vision of an earth made fair with all her people one. Come, let us worship together. So as our service begins, I'm going to invite Barrett to offer our chalice lighting words, and Claire is going to light our flaming chalice this morning. As Claire lights our flaming chalice, the symbol of Unitarian Universalism, I feel compelled to again acknowledge the fraught emotional space that we find ourselves in given recent events. As we come together in this place of safety, of sanctuary, of striving, and healing, I share these words from Douglas John Traversa. In a world filled with the darkness of ignorance, let us bring the light of reason. In a world filled with the darkness of despair, may we share the light of hope. In a world filled with the darkness of hate, let us shine the light of love. Well, we're about to have a real treat with Hallie and Scott performing Peter Mayer's Holy Now. Now, the song Holy Now is one of Peter Mayer's best-known songs, the other being Blue Boat Home, which we'll be singing at the end of the service. This is Peter Mayer here. Peter began writing music at the age of 15, and he studied music at school. He now makes his living writing music and performing all over the country, and often at UU churches. Peter was raised in the Catholic faith, he attended seminary for two years and majored in theology as an undergraduate, and he was quite involved in church as a young man. Peter said, 
I left the Catholic tradition in 1995 at the time that my own worldview had shifted significantly away from the Catholic creed. He left the priesthood in part because of his evolving global conscience, which didn't completely align with the teachings of the Catholic Church. Quote Peter, being stepped, steeped in Catholic ritual informed my conscience, but the context no longer spoke to me. Nowadays, I would describe myself as a religious naturalist, and I'm a member of a Unitarian Universalist church. I still retain a deep interest in religion, but you might say that my concerts are my liturgies now. When Peter was asked about the purpose in his music ministry, he said this, my mission is not really a religious one as many people would define that. I don't identify as a Christian these days, nor do I embrace any kind of supernatural belief. Now, interestingly, one can describe the origin of the word religion as meaning to reconnect. My interest lies more in how we as humans can cultivate a deeper connection to each other, to the world around us, and to the story of the universe itself. Peter goes on, I would say my most popular song through the years has probably been Holy Now. It describes someone who grows up in the Catholic tradition where special objects such as the bread and wine at communion are considered holy. The person eventually comes to see that the whole world is a holy place. The song seems to appeal to a broad diversity of people, both religious and non-religious. I like to think that maybe one reason people like it is that it doesn't dismiss the idea of the holy, but rather expands it to include everyday beauty that they see all around them. When I was a girl each week, Sunday we would go to church. Pay attention to the priest He would read the holy word Consecrate the holy bread Everyone would kneel and bow Today the only difference is Everything is holy now Everything, everything Everything is holy now split the sea in two Jesus made the water wine I remember feeling sad Miracles don't happen still But now I can't keep track Cause everything's a miracle Everything, everything Everything's a miracle Anything is here at all So the challenging thing becomes Not to look for miracles But finding where there isn't one 
barely wet my fingertips Now I have to hold my breath Like I'm swimming in a sea of it Used to be a world half there Heaven second rate hand me down But I walk it with a reverent air Cause everything is holy now Everything, everything Everything is holy now Read a questioning child's face Say it's not a testament That'd be very hard to say It's not a sacrament I tell you that it can't be done This morning outside I stood Saw a little red-winged bird Shining like a burning bush Singing like a scripture verse It made me want to bow my head I remember when church let out How things have changed since then Everything is holy now It used to be a world half there Heaven second rate hand me down But I walk it with a reverent air Cause everything is holy now to share with you this morning some of my favorite words from the Buddhist teacher Thich Nhat Hanh. It's a prayer, Buddhist prayer, and it always brings me some peace. He says, let us this day be at peace with our bodies and our minds. Let us return to ourselves and be fully ourselves. Let us be aware of the source of being common to us all and to all living things. Evoking the presence of the great compassion, let us fill our hearts with our own compassion, compassion towards ourselves and towards all living things. Let us pray that we ourselves cease to be the cause of suffering to each other. With humility, with awareness of the existence of life and sufferings that are going on around us, let us practice the establishment of peace in our hearts and on earth. Our reading today comes to us from Mary Oliver, who many recognize as the unofficial poet laureate of Unitarian Universalism. What is there beyond knowing that keeps calling to me? I can't turn in any direction, but it's there. I don't mean the leaves grip and shine, or even the thrush's silk song, but the far-off fires, for example, of the stars, 
heaven's slowly turning theater of light, or the wind playful with its breath, or time that's always rushing forward, or standing still in the same, what shall I say, moment. What I know I could pack as if it were bread and cheese and carry it on one shoulder. Important and honorable, but so small. While everything else continues, unexplained and unexplainable. How wonderful it is to follow a thought quietly to its logical end. I have done this a few times. But mostly, I just stand in the dark field in the middle of the world, breathing in and out. Life so far doesn't have any other name but breath and light, wind and rain. If there's a temple, I haven't found it yet. I simply go on drifting in the heaven of the grass and the weeds. Well, I want to begin by thanking my buddy Barrett for his help this morning. And I also want to give a shout out to Hallie and to Scott for sharing that wonderful song with us earlier in the service. I found it to be so very moving. Um, They first performed it for us on a Sunday morning several years ago, and I'm so glad that they accepted my invitation, which I gave them about three months ago, not knowing how poignant it would be given all that's going on. I'm so glad they decided to share it again. And I hope you don't mind me saying this, Scott, but man, is it good to have you back. It's good to have you back. I'll have more to say about the song in a few minutes, but let me once again take a moment or two to acknowledge what a challenging time this has been and still is for many of us. This past Wednesday, we held a service here, a service in which people were invited to share how they were feeling about the results of the election. Needless to say, there was a great deal of emotion in the room that night, emotions like pain and anger, confusion, and so much fear and anxiety. Parents came forward and expressed concern for their children's future. And many shared how worried they are for those who belong to groups or religions that have been targeted for abuse and scorn during the recent campaign. We didn't come up with any answers or solutions that night. But what we did have was each other. And I think that made a real difference. We were able to listen to share and to see that in the midst of our fear and anxiety, that we're not alone. And I want to reinforce that same message with all of you. I want anyone, anyone who is in need of understanding and compassion to know that this is a community of love and care and safety, and that we are here to offer a listening ear, a warm hug, a shoulder to lean on, and always a loving and understanding heart. And we are also a community where people are invited and encouraged 
to grow together, to question together, to explore and deepen their faith together. Now, I know that word faith can be misunderstood and for some even a kind of a loaded term in Unitarian Universalism. And I'll be spending most of my time today exploring what exactly it means. But for now, let me say this. Among the reasons that I very proudly call the Unitarian Universalist Church of Akron a faith community, one of the most important of those reasons is simply that we believe in each other and in the power of love and friendship to heal our own lives and to change the world. So let me just say again that if recent events are causing you to have a crisis of faith, or if they have shaken your confidence in the goodness and possibilities of life, I want to invite you to be part of a community where we affirm and celebrate the light of love and compassion that lives in all of us, and where we strive in everything we do to share that light with each other and with the world. Please know that that invitation is open every day for all of you. Now, I know it may sound strange to define the word faith or the term having faith as I've just done. Faith, as it is most often understood, is all about believing certain things about the nature of ultimate reality. Those ultimate things often include belief in a God or gods, belief in the literal truth of a sacred text like the Bible or perhaps the Quran, belief in the doctrines or creeds of a particular religious tradition, and belief in some kind of or some version of an afterlife. Now, unless you grew up Unitarian Universalist or perhaps you were completely unchurched during your childhood, I imagine something similar to this understanding of faith has, at one time or another, played a role in your own spiritual journey. I've had the privilege of listening to many of your spiritual stories, and I know that a number of you have journeyed here from other faith traditions, faith traditions that have too often and very sadly made you feel that your choice was to have faith and you're in, don't believe, and you're out. Many of you, of course, eventually decided not to follow that more traditional and, may I say, exclusive approach to faith. If you had, you probably wouldn't be here this morning. And that leads me back to that wonderful song, Holy Now, which, as Rich told you, was written by the Unitarian Universalist songwriter Peter Mayer. As the title suggests, the song is about making a journey from a childhood in which, doctrines and, which, which the doctrines and stories of a particular religion are the only things that are considered to be holy and sacred, to eventually arriving at a very different understanding of faith, an understanding in which, as the song says, everything's a miracle and everything is holy now. I don't know if any of this sounds familiar, but it sure rings true for me. Although my family didn't attend church every Sunday, my childhood experiences with religion taught me that there is pretty much, pretty much one and only one way to have faith. 
And that single way had everything to do with believing in God, believing in the Bible, and believing in the unquestioned truth of what the minister or priest was saying or in what I was being taught in Sunday school. For most of my childhood, I pretty much accepted what I was told to believe. I didn't really know anything different and didn't understand that there were legitimate questions to be asked about the existence of that supernatural God with the long white beard, about the literal truth of those miracles found in the sacred texts, about the creeds I was taught to memorize, and about the reality of heaven and hell. It's interesting to note that my children, both of whom were raised Unitarian Universalist, began asking those questions way earlier than I ever did. Maybe like at five. And that leads me to the title of today's sermon, The Naivete of Faith. I know that sounds a little charged, but I promise there's a little more to it than how it might sound on the surface. That phrase, the naivete of faith, was coined by the late Paul Ricoeur, who was a French philosopher and writer. In describing the nature of faith, Ricoeur argues that having faith requires the absence or suspension of rational critical thought which makes it possible to believe and find meaning in the myths and stories that are at the heart of all religions. And it is this ability to suspend rational thought that Ricoeur calls naivete. Being naive doesn't mean that one is stupid or simple-minded. That's not what he's talking about at all. Rather, it means that one is able to accept or find meaning in something for which there is no, no direct evidence or empirical proof, like belief in God or in the literal truth of a text like the Bible. Now, according to Ricoeur, there are three critical stages of faith. The first occurs relatively early in life when rational critical thought is not yet well developed. During this time, children simply, for the most part, accept as true what they are taught by their families or other authority figures. And Ricoeur calls this first period of unquestioning faith the first naivete. At some point, the simple acceptance of childhood, of childhood is followed by a time of intense questioning, doubt, and skepticism about the truth of religion. In this stage, which usually begins during the teenage years, belief in God and other core religious ideas are understood to be myths rather than facts and stories written by human beings rather than dictates carved in stone by a divine lawgiver. According to Ricoeur, the skepticism that inevitably follows the first naivete is usually followed by another stage, a third stage, which he calls the second naivete. And the second naivete, or another phrase he uses is the willed or the chosen naivete, is characterized by a new or renewed sense of faith, which finds truth and meaning in the midst of the ultimate uncertainty, ambiguity, and mystery of existence. Rather than returning to the innocence of childhood, the second naivete allows us to find truth and meaning in some of those same myths and stories, ideas and concepts, while rejecting the idea that they are absolutely or empirically true. 
And it is that quest to find meaning, that quest to find meaning in the mystery that that Ricoeur calls the second naivete. It's that quest that I think has something important to teach us about the nature of faith in Unitarian Universalism. As I'm sure many of you know, unlike many other religions, our tradition is deeply rooted in a rational, skeptical approach to religious truth. We have always believed in the necessity and importance of knowledge and reason, and Unitarian Universalists have almost always been skeptical of any belief or idea that cannot stand up to questioning, evidence, and critical reflection. But questioning and critical thought are not the end of our shared journey as Unitarian Universalists. In fact, they are the beginning. We use our first and foremost meaning seekers and meaning makers. We understand that all absolute truth claims are questionable and worthy of being scrutinized and perhaps even challenged. But rather than simply being suspicious and then calling it a day, we actively seek out spiritual experiences, provisional subjective truths, and the wisdom that lives in each of us, in other religions and in science, in myths and stories, and really in every aspect of the human experience. And it is that search for provisional truth, that openness to spiritual experience, and that curiosity about the wisdom that lives in every aspect of the human endeavor that are at the heart of what it means, what I think it means to have faith in Unitarian Universalism. Faith is not a set of unchanging beliefs or absolute truth claims that we must accept without question or criticism. In Unitarian Universalism, we never leave our questions, our, our doubts, and our uncertainty at the door. Rather, having faith in Unitarian Universalism means believing in the promise and possibility of the journey itself and of finding truth and meaning in the mystery, the majesty, and the beauty of existence. That's what it means to have faith in Unitarian Universalism. Since becoming a UU now almost 20 years ago, I have gone from being a pretty hardcore skeptic who didn't have much use for religious language or imagery to much more of a spiritual seeker who has found his way back to religious concepts that I long ago rejected. Not that I've returned to believing in the God of my childhood, you know, that old guy with that long white beard. Far from it. But what I have found in Unitarian Universalism is the spiritual openness, curiosity, and encouragement I needed to reclaim religious language that I long ago rejected. Language like God, miracle, and spirit. Language that helps me name and give meaning to my own experiences of awe, wonder, and mystery. Experiences like those that Mary Oliver was describing in her beautiful poem. And Unitarian Universalism has also enabled me to discover, or perhaps I should say rediscover, spiritual practices that I had long ago left behind. For example, after years of finding absolutely no meaning in it, I have found my way back to prayer. 
Of course, my prayers bear little, if any, resemblance to the way I was taught to pray as a child. No more I lay me, now I lay me down to sleep, and I have to confess not too many our fathers. Instead, I simply find myself patching a few words together and addressing them to someone or perhaps no one. Thanks to the spiritual encouragement and openness I have found in Unitarian Universalism, I've learned that there isn't one correct way to pray, and that what matters most is not who or whom the prayer is being addressed to, but rather the simple act of speaking and reflecting on what is in my heart, and then finding some way to give voice to it. And it is our willingness to accept and even celebrate mystery and uncertainty, while at the same time encouraging people to find spiritual truth and meaning, that I believe makes Unitarian Universalism a religion for the 21st century. So much of what leads religion down pathways of violence and hatred and exclusion results from those absolute truth claims about God and sacred texts and dogma and so on. When religion defines faith as a piece of property that can be owned by one tradition, it sends a clear message that it's my way or the highway. And too often that message leads to the very kind of violence and hatred and fear and exclusion that is increasingly filling our world and that religion ought to be, always ought to be doing its absolute best to end. To end. But when religion can come from a place of spiritual humility rather than absolute certainty and celebrate the fact that it doesn't have all the answers, it can truly become a force for peace and understanding in the world. Just imagine what our world might look like if religion was seen as a reason to learn, to reach out, and to grow. What would it be like if religions dedicated themselves to opening their doors wider and tearing down the walls that keep us apart? Just imagine what that world might be. It is that approach to religion and faith that Unitarian Universalism affirms and seeks to share with the world. Ours is a vision of religion which simply says, it's okay not to have all the answers. It's okay to say, I don't know. And it's okay to affirm the beauty and power of mystery, uncertainty, and ambiguity. At the same time, we affirm that in the midst of the mysteries of life, human beings can find deep spiritual truth and meaning. Truth and meaning capable of enriching and transforming our lives and the world. Friends, I wish I could leave you this day with some words or perhaps a plan for moving forward in the midst of all that we are feeling this day. I don't have a plan yet, but we're good you use. I bet we're working on one already. But what I can offer you this day is an invitation, an invitation to a religion and a community that stands on the side of love and that welcomes and accepts you and all people for who they are. We welcome and accept your questions and your answers, your certainty and your uncertainty, your joys and your sorrows, your hope 
and yes, your despair. And while we cannot resolve all the uncertainties or offer you the same assurances and guarantees that other traditions promise, we can offer you the hope and healing that come from unconditional love and friendship. And I don't know about you, but I'm putting my faith, my trust, my hope in the power of love. That's the sacred ground I'm choosing to journey on during the coming days, weeks, months, and years. I hope you'll choose to make that journey as well and that you will make it with us. I can't tell you where we'll end up and I can't promise you that everything is going to turn out perfectly right or even okay. But I can tell you this, if we journey together, if we journey together, we won't be facing this world alone or afraid. We'll have each other and we'll have the power and the beauty of our faith. A faith always pointing us to meaning and truth, to beauty and to mystery, to hope and to love. That's the ground I'm staking out. Let's stake that ground out together. Blessed be, and thank you so very much for listening. So as Barrett extinguishes our chalice, I want to share these beautiful words with you from the Navajo tradition. Beauty is before me, and beauty is behind me. Above and below me hovers the beautiful. I am surrounded by it. I am immersed in it. In my youth, I am aware of it, and in old age, I shall walk quietly the beautiful trail. In beauty, it is begun, and in beauty, it is ended. Friends, be well. Take very good care of yourselves, of each other, and of the world. We're going to get through. We're going to make it. I know there's a lot of sadness and despair out there, but you know what? There's a lot of love, too. I see it. I can feel it right here in this room. Let's lean on that love. Let's share it with each other. And let's be brave and bold and take it out in the world. But you know what? I do believe with all my heart that in the end, love wins. Love will rise. And love will make this world a better, more just, and more peaceful place. Blessed be... Go in peace and, take, and just take some time this day and every day for peace. Blessed be. We thank you again and encourage you to seek us out at uuakron.org to find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at uuakron. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, we'd be very grateful if you left us a review. It would help us a great deal in improving the programming and also in spreading the word about our community and Unitarian Universalism.